BGFF. I'm Lauren, the host of the Good Gluten-Free Grub podcast. Living with celiac disease has required constant adapting, and I am here to share how I live and love my gluten-free life and how you can too. I'm excited to be your new gluten-free friend. Thanks for being here and enjoy the show. Welcome back to the show. My name is Lauren. I'm the host of the Good Gluten Free Grub podcast. Um, today we're doing an episode. We're still in Celiac Awareness Month where we've got one or two days left. So I still want to touch on celiac stories and talk about um, all things celiac disease because I want to make this an episode that you are able to share with your friends, share with anyone that you might know who is thinking they might have celiac disease or they're doing research and learning about it, or even somebody who is dealing with symptoms that you think this this episode could benefit them by hearing somebody else's story. So the purpose of this episode is to share your celiac stories. And I really appreciate all of you who wrote in and shared your story with me. It's going to be a two part episode. We're going to have part one and two because I did have so many submissions. I just can't fit them all into one episode. Um, so that's something you guys can look forward to. I think I'm just going to do them back to back part one and part two, um, but just separate weeks. So you can come back for part two. If your story wasn't shared this week, it'll probably be shared next week. So keep an eye out on that. Um, I posted on my Instagram story um, to just share a brief summary of what your celiac diagnosis looked like and kind of what your history was that led you to get diagnosed with celiac disease. Um, so I'm going to read these stories. All right. Some of these stories are really short and sweet, and some of them are a little bit lengthier. Um, and majority of you didn't put your names in them. So I'm just going to not have any names in there. These are just going to be stories so that you can hear um, different people's experiences because not one person's is the same and that's what makes celiac disease so unique. If you're interested in hearing my personal celiac story and in depth and in length, um, it's my very first episode of the podcast. You can go back to episode one and you can listen to my celiac story and all of the symptoms and all of the time spent dealing with symptoms and just dealing with chronic illness until I finally received my diagnosis. So my story is available for you to listen to episode one. I hope you go check that out. All right. I just want to preface this by saying I love public speaking and I don't have any fears surrounding that, but public reading, like if I ever had to stand up and like read in class or like read in church or something, like I don't know all of a sudden, like I just couldn't read like it just wasn't possible for me. So I have reread through all of these stories already in hopes that I don't make mistakes, but just please forgive me if I do make mistakes. All right, let's get started. So first submission, I had been having stomach pains for weeks, which would start to get worse after I would eat breakfast. Finally, I had made an appointment to see a doctor hoping to get tested for some food allergies or sensitivities. During the time that I was waiting for the appointment, I had gluten-free waffles that one I had gluten-free waffles one morning for breakfast, and I had noticed that I didn't feel bad afterwards. When I saw the doctor, she told me that there was no way that it could be a food allergy because that's something that they would have come to know years before that. She ended up ordering the blood work anyway, and sure enough, I tested positive for celiac. However, the doctor she referred me to didn't have an opening until the next year, and I knew I'd be switching insurance companies at the beginning of the year. So I saw my new primary care doctor, and she retested me again, and I was positive. She did an endoscopy to confirm the diagnosis. Honestly, this sounds like pretty lucky. Like, I mean, you didn't give me a time frame on how long this took, but it seems like you just like we're having stomach pains for a couple of weeks and then you were able to get a diagnosis, which is a huge blessing. I'm so glad that that was the case for you. 
because that was absolutely not the case <laughs> for me. And as we continue to hear stories, you'll hear that this is not the case for a lot of people. But if, if you were diagnosed within a few short months or weeks of starting to have symptoms, like consider it a huge blessing because hopefully you didn't have it undiagnosed for a really long time that it ended up snowballing into lots of other problems. But um, thank you so much for writing in your story. All right, next. I had been seeing a gastroenterologist for 10 years to address my stomach pains and chronic diarrhea. He told me that I had IBS and told me to avoid fatty foods. Never offered any further testing. After a pretty severe infection, my symptoms went into overdrive and I lost 40 pounds. My hair and my nails were breaking off and I was absolutely exhausted. I had brain fog and developed high blood pressure. I went to a cardiologist who said that my heart looked fine, but my blood work looked crazy. I was clearly dehydrated and my cholesterol levels were really low. I told him that I that my IBS had gotten worse he, and he had referred me to another gastro. I lucked into an appointment very quickly with another gastroenterologist. He talked with me. We talked about what was going on and she immediately suspected celiac disease. The blood tests were positive and the, and the endoscopy confirmed that I had total villous atrophy. I was in my 40s by then. A DEXA scan had shown that I already had osteoporosis. Immediately after removing gluten from my diet, I felt like a new person. I didn't realize the extent of how terrible I felt until I started feeling better. I'm so grateful for that doctor who listened and knew about celiac disease. I just hate that it took me so long to find my diagnosis. Oh, I'm so sorry that it took so long and that you were, hope, I hope your bones are doing better. I, I really hope you're, you're improving. It sounds like you were a new person and I feel like that's the case for most of us. Once I went gluten-free, I literally just felt like a new human being. I still had problems because there were lots of other issues that I was, that had developed because I had untreated celiac for a really long time that I had to address separately, but I truly did start feeling so much better. So I'm so happy to hear that you're feeling better. All right, this next one is unique. Um, she prefaces, prefaces, prefaces it by saying, I would love to share my story as a woman in her 30s whose last symptoms of celiac disease were GI related. Okay, she says, I started having my period every two weeks in the summer of 2021. Okay, so this is recent. Shortly after my second dose of the COVID-19 vaccine, it occurred after it occurred every two weeks all summer until I sought help. Oh, girl, I am so sorry you were having your period that often. <laughs> um, my doctor gave me birth control pills in addition to my next plan on. I was severely anemic and losing my hair, but I trusted my doctor, so I went with those things. In the spring of 2022, I had my next plan on removed and extreme bleeding that stopped and the extreme bleeding had stopped, but my anemia remained severe. At the end of December 2022, I recall being so bloated after a fondue party that I looked pregnant. The next two weeks, I had severe diarrhea on and off and regularly, but assumed that it was a flu or some stomach bug that I had caught. By mid-January, I knew that things were not normal, so I scheduled a doctor's appointment as soon as possible. My nurse weighed me, and I was 20 pounds less than normal. My doctor took me seriously sorry, the doctor took me seriously and ran over $1,200 worth of blood tests and stool samples. 48 hours later, my blood showed signs of celiac disease. Two weeks later, I met with a GI doctor to confirm my suspicions. One week later, I had my biopsy to confirm the celiac disease. My life changed forever in February of 2023, but I feel stronger now than ever. This is so recent. Thank you so much for sharing this story. And I just want to say you're amazing. You're doing amazing. And I hope that you're feeling better and you're thriving. Like this is so recent. 
February of 2023. Like that is, hasn't even been six months ago. So one, welcome to the club. <laughs> We're happy that you're here, the Celiac Club. And I hope that your health just continues to improve and it's just all up here from, from here. Thank you so much for writing in that story. All right, next one. In my junior year, I tore my Achilles in September. The healing process was very traumatic, both mentally and physically. Ouch. That is literally my biggest fear of all time. But my fear is that a shark bites my Achilles as if that would ever happen. Okay, sorry. Side note. Um, in December, my Achilles was healing better, but I started to feel extremely sick all the time. My original symptoms were dizziness, migraines, migraines, severe stomach pain, and I started passing out. And that's when I went to the doctor. Isn't it crazy that it requires, it like takes us so many problems for us to be like, oh, finally, I should, guess I should go see a doctor. I feel like that's just like, we just all just like wait until like the very last, like, okay, I guess we're dying. I better go to the doctor. Um, I think it's just such an American thing. My doctor ran every test that she could think of and it all came back relatively normal, but I was still really sick. She finally had a celiac panel and my numbers were extremely high. I ended up going to a GI doctor and had an endoscopy. He then confirmed that I had celiac disease, but also bile gastritis. I hope you're feeling better. You didn't give me any years here. Oh, my junior year. I guess I don't know how old you are, but I hope from this time forward from your diagnosis, that you're feeling better and you're doing better and you have answers because it's always nice to have answers to why you're feeling so crappy. Thank you so much. All right, this next story is a story of an absolute warrior woman who went through so much and I'm excited to share her story. Thank you so much for writing this in. Okay, I was 60 years old before I got my diagnosis. At the time, I could barely walk because of the joint pain. I had constant diarrhea. My gallbladder just died. No stones, just driveled up and died, stopped working. I was constantly tired, bloated, and had serious brain fog, and I always struggled with reflux. I'd spent months walking. I had spent months walking in boots due to a foot fracture that no one could make sense of, of but the, my osteo, but no one could make sense of the fact that I had osteoporosis that began in my 40s. The diagnosis finally came because I had a case of DH on my chest. Side note, DH is dermatitis herpetiformis, which is related to celiac disease. It's a skin disorder that is triggered by gluten. Okay, the diagnosis finally came when I had a case of DH on my chest and around my lips. I was desperate for a di diagnosis, but I couldn't get a dermatologist to biopsy it. He just tried cream after cream. My rheumatoid, my rheumat rheumatologist, who I had seen because of arthritis, finally said that let's just run the gene test and test your bud for gluten antibodies. That got the bull roll. That got the ball rolling for my diagnosis, and my numbers were sky high. Within six months of going gluten free, I felt better than I had in years. Oh, I just want to praise this and sing this at the top of my lungs. This is the case for so many people. It's just like, you just have to commit for a while. You know, you might not start feeling better after one month or after two months, but within six months of her going gluten-free, she felt better than she had in years. Her joint pain was gone. I was able to come off of my drugs. I was able to come off my drugs because my arthritis went into remission. I got, I only got acid reflux when I got glutened and what, after one year at age 60, my bone density has increased. Every time I see my doctor are, and he asks, are you still gluten-free? I say, of course. Why would I be tempted to eat gluten? I am not. I eat mostly naturally gluten-free foods, but I am learning to cook and even bake a little. 
My husband is very fond of my gluten-free cookies. I feed them to friends who can't even tell the difference. Getting my diagnosis was truly life-changing. As I look back, I can see that I have had symptoms, including bouts of DH since my childhood. But a few years of getting glu- a few years of gluten-free eating has actually overcome many problems that have accumulated over the years. <sighs> Thank you so much for writing this in. This is like this is the success story, right? It's like you know everybody knows somebody who's just dealing with chronic problems all the time. And, you know, not to say that it's gluten related, but it's so more often than not, if people were to cut out gluten or other inflammatory foods like sugar or dairy or so or soy or whatever, like of those high inflammatory foods, it doesn't take long for you to realize that like the food that we're eating is the problem. And when we're fueling our body properly, it makes the world of a difference. So thank you so, so much for sharing that story. All right. This next one says, when I was in grade seven or eight, I had developed intense rashes all over my elbows and knees, aka DH. (laughs) They were so bad that I would go to sleepovers at friends' houses and I would scratch myself in my sleep and I would stain their beds with streaks of blood. (laughs) Uh, I have totally been there with my own sheets with my DH because that scratch in the night especially, it's like you scratch yourself so hard that you bleed and you get tiny little scabs all over your places that your dh flares up and it is so annoying oh my gosh and it's so painful so i'm so sorry that you were dealing with this in seventh and eighth grade okay back to the story my general practitioner kept telling my mom that i had had that there was a long list of different skin issues and she was just prescribing me cortisone creams and other random concoctions (laughs) my mom took me to a naturopathic doctor and they gave me some a tincture tincture maybe I don't know how to say that word of some of some kind I couldn't remember what it was but clearly it didn't work so for about 10 to 15 years I lived with these rashes and I would continue and they would continuously get worse and cover more and more parts of my body I was told I had eczema epentigo empentigo poison ivy or allergic to laundry detergents etc 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 I was sent to an allergist and they did allergy testing on my back and I would they were I was told that I was allergic to dogs which we had had all of my life So when I turned 24, I went to a general practitioner again for some unrelated reason, and then luck would have it that she had had a new nurse practitioner that was seeing patients. The nurse practitioner was looking through my chart and all the flare-ups that I had had on my skin, and she immediately referred me to a dermatologist. Why this was not done 10 years ago? I don't know. The dermatologist did a biopsy of the active outbreak and found out two weeks later that it was dermatitis herpetiformis. For my gluten-free... So my gluten-free journey started there about 12 years ago, and it still makes me so angry to think that the ball was dropped so many times when I could have had a diagnosis so much sooner and save myself all of the pain and embarrassment of being a preteen with an ugly rash. Now I encourage everyone to advocate for themselves and especially their children to the point where they're being a full-on Karen. For doctors, doctors are humans too, and they frequently make mistakes, in my opinion. You need to do all of your own research and... You need to do your own research to an extent and ask to see specialists when you don't feel that your concerns are being taken seriously. You are preaching to the choir, but seriously, this is what I tell everybody. Like you have to learn how to be your own advocate and you have to push yourself out of the comfort zone if you are trying to advocate for your own needs because no one else is going to advocate for you besides yourself. Like 
and if, especially if you are a celiac parent or a parent of a kid who has food sensitivities or allergies or anything like that, like you have to be a Karen and, and who cares? You got to do what's best for you and for your kids. Thank you so much for sharing that one. All right, next one. Hi, about three years ago, I was in college, just being a normal college kid and starting to get sick all the time, not being able to get out of bed. My stomach would bloat and I would look like I was nine months pregnant. I would be so fatigued. I would start missing school and not being able to hang out with my friends. I also noticed that I wasn't able to drink. I would have like a half of a drink or something and it would make me feel so sick and I would go to bed and I would fall asleep and just be so uncomfortable all the time. This happened for a couple of months until finally doctors actually started listening to me and I started taking pictures of my physical symptoms like the rash and my puffy face, my bloated stomach, and finally someone listened to me and took a blood test. I was ac- I actually had really high markers in my blood that made them recommend that I try eating a gluten-free diet for a couple of weeks to see if I got better. And then when they said that I should continue to eat gluten so that I could get the endoscopy because that is the only way that I'd be able to get tested for celiac disease. So I had to go back on gluten for a whole month and a half. Ultimately, it did lead me to a celiac diagnosis. Okay, if you are the least, like if you are even a tiny bit curious that you might have celiac disease or even like a gluten intolerance and you want to get tested, but you're like, I should cut out gluten because it makes me feel better. Just know that you have to be eating gluten on a regular basis for several weeks before you can get tested for celiac disease because the gluten has to be in your system long enough to be causing the damage that they do the biopsy to test your villi in your intestine. So please note that if you're going to get tested, don't cut out the gluten yet because if you cut it out and then you have to reintroduce it, like it's, it might just destroy you, <laughs> but you have to do it anyway to get tested. So um, just keep that in mind. Thank you so much for sharing that story. I'm glad that you've got your diagnosis and I hope you're feeling better. All right, I've got two more for this batch and then the next one's going to go into part two. All right, this one says, as a child, I always had a in quotes, stupid stomach. My mom would shove a Rolaid in my stomach and shove me out the door while I walked to school crying because my stomach hurt so much. I would be throwing up at church or at school and always ending up in the nurse's office almost on a daily basis. I was super skinny and little. I was told to stop faking it and seeking attention. As I got older, I just dealt with it. I just dealt with it. My husband learned that that is how I was and that I just had a quote unquote stupid stomach. A few years ago, I had a benign brain tumor and that is when I had, that is when things began with the projectile vomiting and diarrhea simultaneously. I went to doctor after doctor and none of them, and none of them looking for any reason, only testing Oh, none of them looking for a reason, only treating me for the symptoms. This went on for about a year and a half. My gallbladder scans, my heart tests, etc., etc., revealed nothing. The last straw, I was 91 pounds in an elevator at the Wrigley Stadium at the Wrigley Field in Chicago, and I was vomiting and diarying at once, nonstop. Okay, pause for one second. I am so sorry that this happened to you in a public place. Like when I get glutened, like. <laughs> okay, this is straight up TMI, but you're here for the gluten-free content and the celiac life, so this is it. When I get glutened, I vomit so violently that like yeah, my my other organs are completely like out of control. So when I am so sick and I'm like over the toilet like vomiting out of control, I'm fully peeing myself. Like I have to lay down towels because I just will pee because I have no control over anything else because of how violently I'm throwing I'm throwing up. So 
I'm so sorry that you, I'm sorry I'm laughing, but the thought of vomiting and having diarrhea at the same time sounds like the worst nightmare in the world. And I'm so sorry that this happened to you in a public place. Okay, let's get back to the story here. Um, vomiting and diarrhea all, all at once, nonstop. People were screaming. <laughs> okay, one second. Okay, sorry. I had to get my laughter under control because I just could imagine being the person standing there witnessing this and being the one screaming because I would be so freaked out. Okay, this was probably so traumatic for you. I'm so sorry. Okay, I was so weak that I couldn't stand. I literally thought I was dying. I demanded answers from a doctor and finally they did an endoscopy and colonoscopy. I had zero villi in my upper intestine and the doctor said he had never seen it look this bad. My blood work was off the charts. Finally, the answer. I had been gluten-free. I have been gluten-free for a year and a half, and can I say, at 60 years old, I finally feel so much better. The doctor said that the trauma of my brain injury magnified my celiac. I'm so grateful for the answers, and thank God that I that this was found before I died from malnutrition. I suffered most of my life from celiac, and I can and if I can find anyone else or help anyone else, it will be worth it. Dot dot dot. Almost. Ha <laughs> ha. Oh, what a story. What a story. Thank you so much for miss, for submitting that story. And I'm so sorry that you've just gone all your life dealing with your stupid stomach. But I hope that you're, you know, you're doing better. You're feeling better. And I hope you never have to experience anything that traumatic again. You are amazing. You are a warrior and I love you. All right. This is the last one for this part one. It says, I was diagnosed in late 2017 after coughing for months. I could not shake the bronchitis that had plagued me and the doctors just said that they thought I had acid reflux. I just kept getting sicker overall. I was basically homebound except for my trips to the doctors. I saw probably 14 different doctors from asthma to allergy to pulmonology, sleep, ENT, and internal, med internal medicine. I had done the tests including a bronchoscope, bronco, bronchoscope, where they test the fluid inside my lungs. After that test, and ba they basically said that I just had acid reflux and they prescribed me a ton of medication. As a last ditch effort, I went to see a rheumatologist who had a reputation of figuring out unknown illnesses. When I first saw him, he noticed that I had a rash on my arms and that I had had a problem with gluten. He is the one who finally tested me for celiac disease and it was positive. After going gluten-free, my cough finally went away after a couple of months. I went gluten-free but still kept getting sick from cross-contact. This happened to me every time I went out to eat and I had I also had issues with medication. For work... For work, it required a lot of travel and issues with eating out was really bad. I ended up taking all of my own food with me when I would travel. If I went out with friends, I would rarely eat with them because I would just get sick from cross-contamination and it wasn't worth the risk of missing out on the time with friends if I got sick. I heard about gluten detection dogs on an episode of the Celiac Project podcast and so I started researching. I had a senior dog and I knew that I wanted another dog so I started thinking seriously about a gluten detection dog and it may be how it may be an option. I couldn't afford a fully trained one at the time, but an, an but an owner trained one was an option for me. The world shut down in 2020 and that gave me the time at home to start the process and I was very fortunate to get a very fortunate to get a puppy. I trained Suki for over over the period of 2 years and now she is who keeps me safe. This is actually my friend, friend Kendra. Um, she has an Instagram account where she like shows what it's like to have a gluten detection dog, her dog Suki. And the dog is trained to be able to smell for 
and detect gluten and she's trained to do that for her. So now Kendra gets to take this dog with her everywhere and she helps keep her safe with her food, her medications, like anything. So if you're interested in that at all, you can you can go find um, Kendra. I'll share her on my Instagram stories and you can go see her account and her and her dog. So I didn't know your story, Kendra. So thank you so much for sharing that. This is just another unique situation of somebody getting diagnosed. Again, not one of these was the same and not one person's symptoms are the same. And so there's no like cookie cutter, like, oh, you sounds like you have celiac disease. It's like there could be so many different random symptoms that are linked to celiac disease. And that's why I feel like everybody should just get tested (laughs) Um, just to be safe and know if you can find it early, you can catch it early on, you're less likely to develop other problems. So thank you again so much for writing in. We still have about... 12 other responses that I would like to get through for the second episode. Um, the The option to write in your celiac story, I'll, I'll save it in my um, link in my bio. So if you want to share your celiac story and I have enough people to share celiac stories, I'll continue to share them throughout podcast episodes or I can do another episode all about celiac stories. I think it's really awesome for people to be able to hear their story hear their stories, share this episode with your friends or share it with somebody that you might think could benefit from hearing different unique situations of leading to a celiac diagnosis. So thank you so much for being here. I would absolutely love it if you left a five-star rating and a review on the podcast. That would help other people who are seeking for the help that they need and they desperately want if they're newly diagnosed. If you leave a rating and a review, this helps boost my podcast up to the top so that it can be seen and it just really helps me out a lot and I would just really appreciate it and I would love to hear what you think about the podcast and how it's benefited you so please take the time to do that I would love if you shared it on your stories you can tag me if your story was shared in today's episode please share it on your story and tag me um, and I'll reshare that to my story as well thank you so much for being here you guys are amazing and I will catch you next week bye Thank you so much for listening today. If you enjoyed the podcast, please leave a rating and a review. I would love to connect with you on my other social media platforms like Instagram and TikTok. My handle is at goodglutenfreegrub.